William out to take the corner. Let go the heads are back off the bar. He's in now. It's Reese James off the bench, the 19 year old. What a night at Stamford Bridge. Unbelievable. And the teenager that Frank Lampard has so much faith in has repaid him in the Champions League. Chelsea 4, Ajax 4, whatever next. What a finish from the young man. What is going on, guys? We are back for another episode of the Blue Crew podcast. I cursed it last time, two wins in a row. Episode 35, and uh, it feels like 35 years since we last won uh, three games in a row or went on a decent run of form. Um, I'm here to cover the horror show that was Tuesday night with my beautiful but depressed co-hosts, Luca Foley and Oliver Jones. How are you both feeling a little bit later on in the week? It's Foot Champs Friday. How are you doing? Luca? Uh, not great. It was, it was really, really disheartening, that performance against Leicester. It, it put me in a really... When, when, did, when was the game? When was it the game? What Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Mm. It, just, it was just a really poor performance. It just put me in a bad mood for the rest of the week. Or what, what we've had so far since then. I don't know what you think, OJ, but... I was yeah, pretty disheartened. Absolutely shocking, I think, is the, the two words that I'd use to describe it. Um, yeah, just disappointing. And now I'm sad. It is. It's a sombre tone. We're not angry anymore. We are genuinely just disappointed because, more than anything, we want Chelsea Football Club to win matches. And I think we want Frank Lampard to succeed. But week by week, game by game, it is becoming quite clear that it doesn't look like he's going to be the man to do it. And it's quite, it plays with your emotions to sort of try and accept it while also wanting him to succeed so much. Um, a little, not disclaimer, but worth noting that this is Friday at quarter past two and he is still Chelsea Football Club manager. He's just finished the press conference. So we think he'll be manager for the Luton game. Um, I would imagine. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't. I'd hope so. Which, I'm not going to lie, six minutes into the game on Tuesday, I wasn't thinking he'd get this far. So, small, <laughs> small Baby step. steps for Lampard. Um, where to start? Well, Frank Lampard. Sure. What's going on? No, yeah, go on. Frank Lampard has just ripped into Liam Toomey of The Athletic, and although I didn't listen to the whole thing... Understand it was an extremely fiery press conference from Frank Lampard. That doesn't seem like it's a good sign to me. What do you both make of that? I think it's a bit like when a tiger is like being pressed back in its cage and it's all growly. He's under a lot of pressure and he knows he's under a lot of pressure. And, you know, he's a new manager. He's been a manager for what, two years? Like a year and a half. But no, like two years, two years. And it, this isn't a situation he's ever really had to deal with before. This is a new experience for Lampard. You know, for his playing career, he was never going to be the one that was going to get benched. He was always going to be in that, he was that fixture, along with like Terry and Czech and Drogba in that Chelsea 11. Those were like the players first on the team sheet. Now he's under a lot of pressure and... Maybe he can't. Maybe he can't hang it. Maybe he can't handle it. This is a new experience for him, and it's 
if he's going to deal with it, and I mean, he's going to have to find a way to deal with it. If he, if this is the way of dealing with it, you know, having fiery press conferences. I don't care if we have fiery press conferences every week and we win games. I could not care less. I would not. I would. I couldn't care less if Frank wanted to absolutely like slate journalists off their head. And if he wins games, I don't care. If if this is the way that we win games, him slating Liam Toomey, (laughs) then sorry, Liam, mate, but you're going to have to get slated. But I hope it isn't the way that he carries on forward. I feel like he's always been a very cool head, Lampard. He's always been a very calm person. Um, maybe maybe this has uh, stressed him out a little bit too much. Yeah. I think you summed up the point that he hasn't experienced this, and this has been the talking point for the last sort of month or so. You get Jamie Carragher came out um, probably was about a month ago and said that he doesn't want to criticise Lampard because Lampard is doing what he knows he doesn't know any different right now he doesn't have that bank of knowledge to just to, to to fall back on and he doesn't have the wealth of experience or any experience in his backroom staff either he's got Jody Morris and he's got Joe Edwards and he's got Anthony Barry who are all young and inexperienced we don't have that 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 safety net of yeah. experience or people that know what they're doing so is this the biggest problem for you Luke is this why is this why Chelsea fans are turning now? Not because they don't like Lampard, not because they don't believe in him, but is it because you can't risk what's going on right now? You can't blindly back a manager when he has nothing to prove that he can actually get us out of this? It's interesting, really, because so many times it's it's weird because once as soon as something doesn't go right, as soon as even if he makes the tiniest, tiniest mistake... Even I think even when we win games and there's something that doesn't go right, the fans have to they have to take their anger out on something. If you see what I mean, there's not always there's always something there that's not there's always something that's not perfect. Basically, even if you play really really well and something doesn't go right, you have to take your anger out on something. And usually it's the manager because he's the one that makes all the decisions. Yes, you can have yes you yes the players are there to actually play the game and perform on the pitch, but the manager is kind of like more it's more like a, a punching bag than the players, I guess, because the manager's always the one under pressure. You can't sack the players, can you? You can sack the manager though. And there's always there's always some there's always something to take your anger out on and it's usually the manager. So I think yeah, I agree with exactly what you said really. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, the manager's job is to get the best out of his players. And we have seen what these players can do. We've seen it this season. We've seen it a little bit last season. And right now, he's getting the best out of no one. You feel like the only person... Right now, the players are relying on Lampard. I think everyone other than Mason Mount right now is relying on Lampard to give, to give them instructions to, to guide them. And right now, no one is getting... No one is feeling guided, is feeling helped. And when it gets to the point where you sit here and say, would another manager be doing a better job with these group of players? I don't know who that manager is, but surely the answer is yes. You're inclined to say yes, but I think if this is another manager, it's a different story. I feel like 
Lam, La, in this position, there isn't another manager that would be in this position, if that makes sense. The reason why Chelsea are playing bad and it is the reason is why we're we're in this position, right? We're in this position of we're what eighth in the in the league, and we're in this position because you know you could say like oh we've got a lack of confidence or people will blame it on Lampard or whatever it is, but all of that is in this specific instance where if you have another manager that changes completely it's not going to be the same situation that we're in right now so i think the people that are saying oh well another manager it it, like people that are saying oh if another manager was in this situation there's no point in saying that because there wouldn't be another manager in this situation because if there was another manager in charge of chelsea the situation wouldn't be like it is yeah that's not that's not i'm not saying you know to, to to discredit Lampard or anything, I'm just saying, you know, that's just how it works. I, I think it. I said it a few weeks ago. It's we haven't yet seen Frank Lampard managing his Chelsea team with the backing yet, because he has worked with a young team and then a change team, and no other team in the Premier League has changed from last season to this season as much as we have. Lampard is one of the most inexperienced managers in the league as well, if not the most inexperienced. I think the most inexperienced manager in the league. Oh, like Mikel Arteta. You draw parallels to Arteta, but Arteta was the backup to Guardiola for five years. Mm -hmm. And he was arguably one of the biggest reasons to Man City success as well. The only other parallel you draw is to Ole, who's unexperienced, but he has got a team of match winners. He's got 12 years of management. And match winners. Yeah, he's got Bruno Fernandes. You know, um, and Man United are further along. Marcus Rashford isn't the same as Christian Pulisic or Hudson-Odoi. Even though he might be a similar age, he's not at the same stage of his career. He is so much further along. He's a world-class player. So to draw those comparisons isn't right. I, we haven't yet seen Frank Lampard managing his own Chelsea team. I will stand by that. I still almost feel like this is his first season. And would you sack a manager in their first season, six months in, with COVID? It, it's hard to say yes. But the question is, how long do Chelsea, how long does Abramovich, how long do the board leave this run before going, this is only making it worse? I think I saw, I'm going to be honest, I can't remember... It was on Twitter. Um, I can't remember what it was or who it was from. But I remember seeing something about um, Abramovich waiting until the end of the season to see what to do with Lampard. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of giving Lampard time. I want Lampard to stay. I don't want Lampard to be sacked. Um... And if he is given until the end of the season, I, I think that's a good thing. Um, I know people will say that the run of form that we're on right now proves that I'm probably chatting shit, but I don't. It's just I believe that giving... We need to get out of this mentality of manager bad for two-month manager sack, manager go, manager leave. This is where Lampard's different because we have sacked managers who have been good 
We sacked Scolari, a World Cup winner. We sacked. <laughs> we sacked. We basically sacked Conte. We sacked Di Matteo. We we got rid of Di Matteo after he took us to a Champions League final. We sacked off Ancelotti as yeah. well. You know, but these are all proven winners. So why should Lampard, off the back of a decent season last year, where against all expectations he got us there, why should we back him? Why does no, and this is where this is where my attitude has changed, Luca. And I'll see what you think. Before I was all for back Lampard, give him as much time as we need, yeah. But he's not giving us the signs of a manager that is being let down by his players right now. He's giving us the signs of a manager that isn't getting the best out of his players. I think the only reason, well, if we give him time till the end of the season, like OJ said, I think. That shows that we've we're putting trust in a man that's given us so much success in the previous in previous times when he was a player because when he when he was a player when we were at our peak and we were winning all those Premier Leagues and all those FA Cups he was he was along with John Terry he was the leader of the team he was he was probably the most important player in the squad and I think the only reason we're giving him time this might sound really obvious but the only reason we're giving him time is because of what he achieved as the, at the club as a player if he wasn't the most success if he wasn't as successful as he was. I don't think he'd still. I don't think he'd be in this job. Okay. I think we we definitely would have moved on. Do you think if Pochettino was available right now, Frank Lampard would still be the Chelsea manager? It's so tough. Do, because... do you think that Lampard is only being given time now because realistically our options are not optimal? Options are certainly limited. It's tough for it's tough to get any manager out of a club mid-season especially when we're targeting such high-quality ones that are doing really well with their team. But I think if Pochettino was still available, I don't think, I don't, I'm pretty sure I don't think Lampard would be here anymore. Because we've seen, we've seen worse runs from Chelsea managers before, yeah. and they've just gone so quickly like that. So I don't think, I don't think he'd be here right now. Even though, also, the, t- the state of the table right now, what, how many points are we off Liverpool? Only five. It's not, thing is, now you look at it, as bad as we've been, I, I don't know how many points we've got from how many games recently, but it's not been good. But you look at the table and think, it's not over yet. We can still get top four. Teams everywhere are dropping points. It's true, but this is where, this is where I'm worried. Teams aren't going to be dropping points. I have no belief that we're going to get a win soon. I don't, we're gonna, we play Wolves in midweek I, at home. I don't think we're winning that game. I don't see the next win. And we've been clinging on to this all season, and especially the last month, we've gone, ah, it's all right to drop points because everyone's dropping points. So, at what, at what point? We're not winning, we're not gaining points, we're only ever dropping points. And Liverpool, Liverpool have won a Premier League, they've won a Champions League, they've got to a Champions League final. It's the same squad, the same manager. We haven't done that. We haven't got a squad of players that have done that. We haven't got a squad of winners. We haven't got a, an arrogant Bruno Fernandes. You know, we've not got Paul Pogba. We've not got David De Gea. And I'm using United as, as the example. We've not got Jamie Vardy. Leicester have got more Premier League winners in their squad than we do. Now, I'm not saying we just go and buy Premier League winners. But I don't know where this next win comes from. So, I understand your point. Yeah, and I get it, because the facts, the facts are true. Liverpool are on a worse run than we are. But they know that they're going to get out of this at some point. At some point, Liverpool's quality is going to come through. And right now, I don't think our quality is going to come through. 
I want to touch on a point uh, about how during post-match press conferences, if this makes any difference to how the team is playing, it's what the manager says after a game that you lose. People are saying if the manager, the manager is better off blaming himself rather than the players. Do you think that's having an effect on the team? Because people are saying Frank Lampard, after the games we've lost, is just constantly blaming. He's he's pointing more of the blame towards the players than himself. Do you think that's having a bad effect on the team? I think it's not wise of Lampard to keep on blaming the team if he keeps on doing the same thing. There's this whole, I don't know what the genuine definition of insanity is, but it's the whole thing that people say. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Now, that's probably not the definition yet, but... The fact remains the same. Lampard can't sit there and say, they're not doing the basics, move on to the next game. They're not doing the basics, move on to the next game. They're not doing the basics. Before you start saying, Frank, why are they not doing the basics? You can't. The Arsenal game was really bad. The Everton game wasn't great. The Wolves game was better, but still not good. How long does it does it go on before you start saying, Frank, Jürgen, Mikel, Ole, why are they not doing this? How long does it get before they turn? I don't think it's helping that Lampard is saying this, but I think, more importantly, I think if Lampard was saying they're not doing the basics and then he goes and changes and goes 4-4-2, which I think he actually did, but we still lost, he needs to help himself as well, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's tough, really, because what can you do at this point? You've got, you've tried so many different formations, it's clearly not working. I don't know what, I really, I can't, if you had to ask me two things that would need to change to make the situation better, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you. Because we played our strongest team against Leicester. But we, the team that everybody wanted. We had hudson Adoy, we had Kai Havertz, and it still didn't work. Like, what do you do? That is true, that is true. I mean, I'm going to point towards two things quickly. I think, so we did change system. We went to either a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2. It was a mix between the both of them. It was. Because Havertz was basically up front and Kovacic and Mount were basically a double pivot. Why is Kovacic still playing? Why isn't Gilmore playing? Question number one. And then the performance was so bad, lacking in any sort of tactical setup. You just sort of think, well, Jesus lamps. We had two weeks to prepare for these games and we're not even doing one thing badly we just don't know like we've got a clue I think the reason Gilmore didn't start is purely because of experience you I don't know why I I think that's probably the only reason because I don't know maybe maybe because that game he played against Leicester last season he that game in the FA Cup he just wasn't very good maybe that maybe that partly played on Lampard's mind it's a bit of far reach but I don't think I don't think there's any other reason as to why he didn't start I think experience was definitely the main reason but then again your question on Kovacic I can't see how he starts and if you don't start Gilmore you don't start Kovacic and Kante's injured who do you start the only other man in that team is Jorginho who we cannot play at the minute so I think it's definitely down to experience yeah and and OJ when Hudson Odoi has been our best player for the last month and he doesn't start against Fulham Mm-hmm. What sort of that's going to ruin his confidence even more? And then you go, yeah, but Cal, I want you to go and be brilliant against Leicester, please. That's not, no, that's not how it works. 
I'm uh, I'm just sad, boys. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just so. I've been quiet for the last like five minutes. I've just sat here in silence. Just, just look. I'm looking at our runner games. I don't want to change the subject, but I am looking at our our our, our next five games. We've got Wolves on the twenty seventh, which is like I don't know how far away. Like a f- uh, like next week, midweek game. Yeah. Then that weekend, next weekend, we've got we've got Burnley. And then we then we go to Spurs, Jose. Then Sheffield United, and then Newcastle. Those are five games that I think decide Lampard's fate. In 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 those five games, there are three teams that are probably in the bottom five of the table. I would say. I think I don't know where exactly Newcastle are, but they're somewhere near the bottom. I think. Um, if Lampard doesn't get ten points from our next five games, I I think he's gone. I think he goes, even if he wins at Newcastle and Sheffield United. So if he if we lose to Wolves, and we I don't know we. We beat Burnley or get a draw at Burnley. I mean, they look like a difficult team to beat now because Liverpool put... Nick Pope made 19 saves. If he can make 19 saves against the Liverpool team, he's only going to have to make five to beat us. (laughs) Then we go to Spurs, who are fifth. They look semi-decent at the moment, but you always know that they're going to be ready for it. It's a big London derby game. We don't look like we're going to be ready to play fucking Burnley the week before. Well, we've got we've got Luton at the weekend, and I'm not. This isn't an easy game anymore. We've got Sheffield United after Spurs, and if we don't, <laughs> uh, and then we, by the way, I urge you not to look any further in that fixture list because you'll probably want to jump out of a window. I think a month from now it's. Because that, that's when we start travelling to Atletico Madrid and Bayern Munich every other day. So, Newcastle is the last fixture in that in the Premier League, at least in that in, in that run. goes down. So, of those five teams, we've beaten Burnley this season, we've beaten Sheffield United, and we've beaten Newcastle. We drew to Spurs and Wolves. Uh, yeah. We, did we lose? Yeah. Yeah. 2-1, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Lampard can replicate those results, that's what? That is 10 points. My fear. Sorry, go on. No, no I, I'm just saying. I think he needs, in our next five league games, I think he needs 10 points. My fear is... Number one, I don't think ten out of fu- ten points out of a possible ten points out of fifteen is not bad. The Wolves game is it's so big yeah. because if we lose that Wolves game, how can you let him stay on again? Because that'll be six losses out of nine. It'll be another two losses in a row. <laughs> I think that Wolves game could be could be the potential decider if we. If we lose, I think if we draw, I think he'll be, 
they'll be safe for another game at least. I think if we lose, I think he could be could be gone. Yes. I, I think that could be the big one. I, it's just this sense of impending doom. You know, I'm going into game. This is the point. We're going into games thinking about Lampard staying or going, rather than can we win a game and make it up the table. It's more about how long's Frank Lampard going to be the manager for, and that's just so, it's so horrible. And here we go. We'll change. We'll we'll go on to an actual topic, and you can actually think and sort of maybe be slightly more positive. Out of this, these these are the options at the moment. Yeah, if let's say Lampard was sacked and we had to appoint a manager for Luton, our options are Tuchel, who is desperate for the job, Allegri, and there's one more, and I can't think who it is. Um, and the long term aim Venga. is Nagelsmann <laughs> in the summer. Now. I remember when Pep Guardiola went to Manchester City and Manchester City sacked their title-winning manager to get Pep Guardiola at the end of the season because they were like, he's too good to miss out on. Now, Julian Nagelsmann is not Pep Guardiola, but is he too good to miss out on? Yes. The season in the summer. Yes. What he's achieved with such a young inexperienced Leipzig squad is quite amazing actually. I know that they've they've had tons of money injected to them because they're part of the Red Bull organisation and whatever, but if you're going into management at what is it, like twenty nine years old and getting results out of a team like Leipzig, that just shows and the style of football that they play is actually exciting. We saw what what they did in the Champions League last season. They did really well. I think you can't you can't miss out on a man like him. I, I think he's probably. I'm not convinced Nagelsmann is, is you know, he's going he's to save the football club. And I, I, I think. I, I agree with that. Did, didn't we all say, I think probably back in December or whatever, we said if we had to pick a next manager, we'd, we all want Nagelsmann, really. He, he's the hot prospect. He's the Kai Havertz, the Jaden Sancho, the Kylian Mbappe of management. Everyone wants him, realistically. But no one else is really in a position where they're going to sack their manager to get him. You know, United didn't even sack Ole to try and get Pochettino, which I thought I think a lot of fans wanted them to do. Now, Chelsea are, I think, almost certainly in a position where they are like, look, there's no point. Who are up? Right. So here's a quote before we get on to this. Who are our possible interim managers? If Lampard goes, we have a choice. We either go Tuchel or Allegri full time, which nobody is particularly happy about. Big Avram. Avram, maybe. Gus, again. Again. You know. I don't think Gus is an option. <laughs> Surely he's retired by now. He's like 80. Uh, but, so basically, you, you've got choices. You either make a permanent appointment of Allegri or Tuchel, or you wait with Lampard and you see it out, like we did with Sarri, like we did with Conte, and you say, look, we'll see it out. Here's your chance. Get us top four and you keep a job. And I think even if Lampard got top four, depending on what the situation was like at the club, we'd be parting ways with him and going, let's go and get Julian, please. The interim choice is just so tough. Like, who do you go with? 
Rafa Benitez. No fans in stadiums. Has he got? He hasn't got a job right now, does he? I, I, I'd quite like that idea. Is he not in China? Is he not still in China? I thought, I thought as well. He must be. Trevor oh, Benitez is not in China. Oh, he actually is. Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> it's... Do you want to know what's disappointing, Tom? It's disappointing that half of our fan base are brain dead and that they don't give managers time. That's what. That's what's disappointing. It is like I was all for giving Sarri time, but then yeah. they, you know, and I'm all for giving Lampard time, but Lampard has such a unique set of circumstances surrounding his appointment, his team, his current coaching experience that just makes me say, I heard something, and someone said, Ah, oh, if we sack Lampard, where's this project gone? The project is Chelsea Football Club. The project is this squad of players. The project is Reese James, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, Hudson Adoy, Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, Billy Gilmore, Tino Andrin. This is the project. Chelsea is the project. Frank Lampard is not the project. So just because we get rid of Lampard, he is he is the exception here rather than the rule. He was brought in and, and we basically went, Frank, we are fucked, mate. We've got a transfer ban. No one's going to touch us with a barge pole. We beg you, please. And it's too good for Lampard to turn down. He has to do it. But right now, it's too early for him. And this isn't the end of Frank Lampard at Chelsea. He might come back later on if he goes on to be a great manager. He could. Because this won't sour relationships. Lampard is a smart enough guy to know what it looks like at Chelsea, to know what's going on, to know how hard it is, to know why things are going wrong. Lampard's smart enough for that. Just like I said, I hope that Arsenal didn't ruin Mikel Arteta because he's such an exciting manager. I hoped he didn't go there, do really badly, and then everyone writes him off for the rest of his career. He's going to be an unbelievable manager. And I truly believe Frank Lampard could do the same thing. But the difference is we went in early because we needed Lampard. We needed Lampard more than Lampard needed Chelsea. And Lampard has done that job. And sacking Lampard doesn't end this long-term vision that we've got for the club. It doesn't. But it's just being realistic in what we can actually achieve with Frank Lampard now. Yeah. I agree, yeah. I think the the indecision is is our downfall, really. The, the impatience that this this club has, this fan base has, it it doesn't help doesn't help anybody. Doesn't doesn't help. Like the pre, the pressure on Lampard right now is immense, and that's that's down to people saying what they want him gone. The players, it's just it's it's a complete mess. I don't really know where to start. To be honest, you know, I don't know. I don't think the pressure on Lampard now. I don't think people wanting him gone right now is wrong. I think it makes more sense right now than it ever has. I'm I I understand it. We gave Lampard the chance. We backed him, and we and we said, look, we're giving you the chance. Prove us wrong, and he isn't, and he hasn't. 
And at the end of the day, we knew that it was always going to come to this at some point, but it's just come a bit earlier because the gloss has shined off. But I don't know. I don't think we've had this side of a podcast in a long time, boys. It has been a, uh, a tough one. Uh, you know, right? Where do, where do we go? Luton. Could we, like, like, let's how, look ahead. Let's look how, ahead. It's almost like a distraction, isn't it? It's like a pre-season friendly, basically. It's like the Morecambe game. We played the Morecambe game. Yeah, nobody really cared. Most people watched Leeds instead, and then we won it, and we went. Well, it doesn't really ma- it doesn't really matter that much. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to play Lewis. I don't want the next game to come because I'm worried it could be the last one. And as I said, I'm not going into that Wolves game thinking, yay, here's a chance to progress up the table. I'm thinking, this is 90 minutes. I'm going to have to sit and think about Lampard being sacked the next morning. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, of course, when, when Chelsea play, I, I, I love watching that. They're, they're kind of, it just takes my mind off everything. But now that we're under so much pressure, it's kind of it's going to be a tough watch. You're going to expect every player to be on it 100 percent and play out their skin, and uh, it's it's going to have a huge effect on on Lampard's future. I don't know. It's tough. I'm going to be watching it like really, really nervous, even though it's Luton. Like we've got to play extremely, yeah. extremely well to get any sort of confidence back I think I don't know what you think I don't know if uh, if, you're, if if people are listening I've got I've got this it's a book right it's not the pub quiz book <laughs> it's a different book this is a, a book by Tim Rolls who um, I believe is uh, an editor of like a Chelsea fan magazine. This guy wrote a book called Stamford Bridge is Falling Down. And it's really good, actually. It's about us during the, the 80s, about how stinky we were in the 70s until like after the, after the FA Cup win and basically why we didn't win anything um, until like the 90s. Um, It's sort of just, that's how it feels at the moment. It sort of just feels a bit like Stamford Bridge is falling down. Um, I want to think that we are short-term paining for long-term gaining. Yeah, because there's too much talent in this team for us to not have success at some point. But fuck me, it hurts right now. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. I really, really don't like this feeling of just like you, Tom, you said it, you literally described it perfectly earlier. This feeling of impending doom. It's just, it's what I think when I put up my match report after Man City, it was inevitableness or something like it was just inevitable that this is what it feels like. This is what it felt like with Mourinho. And it wasn't, it's, it's, when, it's when you go from the period of it being anger, which you get. The Everton game and the Wolves game, anger, because we've not seen this for a while. 
but after a run like we're on and the way that we're looking at Lampard now, it's just it's pure sadness, it's dejection, hopelessness. Where we genuinely don't know what to think, what to feel. You know, I I don't I'm not I'm not angry at Kovacic for playing, but I feel sad that he's not playing well. I feel sad that the club's not winning games. I don't think you can be angry at anyone for not playing well. Can you? Can you can you think of one player that you can single out that you're angry that's not playing well? Well, because I can't I can't bring myself to be angry and slate a player for not playing well. I mean, I'm not happy that Reese James played poorly. I'm not happy that Ben Chilwell didn't play great. I'm not happy that Kovacic hasn't been playing well for a while. I don't like Jorginho. <laughs> but but I'm I'm, I'm that felt personal that last one. <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't. I'm past the point of shouting at the TV, getting angry, because I'm just like, oh, you know what? Yeah, you're, you're playing badly. I feel bad for you. I wish you were playing well more than anything else. Mm. And we're all sat here in our different... Luca's got his hands on his face. OJ's got his arms folded, and I'm leant over the laptop like I'm about to... Like I'm feeling hungover, you know? It's just this... It's just this horrible. You don't, you don't know how to feel. Hmm. I don't think we've ever been this quiet on a bar. I don't. It's, we've we've spoken enough about like what 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 else can you say? There's nothing. There's no positives to look at. We we've been on a dreadful run of form. You can't say anything about that. And we've look, spoken about the the poor the poor performances that we've had. What else can you say? Yeah, we'll look forward to Luton. Yeah, we might beat them like two, three nil. Yeah, sure. But it's an FA Cup game, and it's a game that I think the okay. There's a there's us that think, okay, Tom, I know you're not looking forward to it too much. And it's a game you think it's going to be a tough one. But I think more other people will think, yeah, it's a game we should win and then the confidence will be back. But for us, I think it's it's just it's just more pressure. We feel it's just more pressure on Lampard and more pressure on the players to just perform well. So But right right now the run is so bad, yeah, that beating Luton and beating Morecambe didn't do anything really, it didn't. It was just time away. And it was a chance to try something new, which I think we did. But then the Fulham win, you right, this this is how football football is fickle, yeah? Because back when we were in our seventeen game unbeaten run, and we beat we, we might beat a team one nil or not play particularly well but win a game, yeah. And we're going, that is superb. We're winning games and we're not playing well. How class is that? We beat Fulham and all of a sudden the fact that we've beaten Fulham but not played well is re- is more reason to be worried. And that is how quickly things change. Because if that Fulham win came during a winning run, everyone would go Chelsea a winning when they're playing well, when they're not playing well. That's good. But it's in a bad run and we've won a game and everyone goes, well, I'm going to have to wait to see if we can win two or three more games on a bounce at the moment because we can't do it. Yeah. Where does the confidence come then, do you think? What game do we need to win for the confidence to be... It's not a somewhat, single game. ...somewhat back up there. Confidence isn't an on or off switch. It's a sliding... Spectrum. It's a continuum. You know, yeah, it's up and down during a game. It's up and down during the season, during a week, during a training session. It doesn't just go on, off, on, off. Ah, oh, good cross. 
confidence are. It's not like NBA. You know how hot zones, hot zones and cold zones where all of a sudden you can't finish one in open goal because it's blue? That's not how this works. He's learning. You know, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not how this works. You know, it's a, uh, it's a someone like... of shifting emotions. It is. Some, someone like Hudson Adoy <laughs> and Havertz. If, if players can separate themselves for a second from the team, someone like Hudson Adoy and someone like Havertz might slowly be building up their confidence because they're actually playing well, even though the team aren't. Yeah, I think and I think they're both fair fair to say. And Mount as well. Mount as well. Um they're playing well and, and the team aren't. So you have to give them credit. So that can happen. It's not like everyone's just it's not like a football manager where the morale of all of the players just goes down at one point. Some of them are, some are going up. Maybe under your regime, Tom. Yeah, to be fair, I'm not particularly throwing water bottles all over the place. <laughs> so the confidence will come from putting in a good performance against Wolves and not winning the game well against Wolves playing well against Wolves it will come from playing well against Sheffield United, playing well against Newcastle but I have no doubt that at the back of they'll be thinking, shit we've got Spurs soon, we've got we've got um, Atletico Madrid soon, we've got Man City soon we've got Man United soon, we've got Liverpool soon we've got Leicester again soon you know, this whole thing about Chelsea haven't beaten a team that aren't 11th, 11th or above in the league. That will now start to weigh on the players' minds. They can beat Wolves and go, yeah, fair enough, we've done it. But when we play, it's going to be the same thing. We'll, we'll, we can beat um, Leeds and Burnley and Sheffield and Newcastle. But as soon as we go and play Spurs, if we don't beat Spurs, the same questions will come down on top of them again. And the players will be like, oh, well, bloody hell, maybe we just aren't that level. So then all of the confidence you've built up over the last five, six, seven games, you go into the Spurs game and you think, well, we've not done this yet. We can't, we can't do this. Confidence on the floor. Bang. There you go. You lose the game. It's a never-ending cycle. It is. It's sad. It is. It is sad. Score predictions for Luton. Tom. 2-1 Luton. Oh my god. Oh my god, okay. Oh my god, okay. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. I think pull out a victory. I think it'll be 3-0. I, I, I think it'll be 3-0 and I think it'll be commanding. Luca? I'd expect, I'd expect it to be, yeah, I would expect it to be commanding. I'm going to say, I'll say, I'll say 4-0. I'll say 2-1 Luton. I'll say 3-0 as well. I'll say 3-0. Okay. That's a good way to end. We all think we're going to win. Which means that when we come here to talk about the next week, we'll be even more depressed. We have to have hope. And sometimes, as the saying goes, it's the hope that kills you. But what's the point of investing our time and hearts into this football club if you don't think you're going to win? The rebellion is built on hope. As said by Jin Erso, a rebellion is built on hope. <laughs> right. And right, right now, we need to rebel. Well, you've got to have Maybe. faith, I guess. You've got to have faith. Look, we're Chelsea fans. We're 
I know, I know, I can't speak for I can't speak for every Chelsea fan, but I know that us three aren't the type of Chelsea fans. Even if we're losing four 0 in a game, I don't think any of us are going to turn off the TV after uh, before ninety minutes. None of us are getting up and leaving the stadium after half an hour because we've gone one 0 down to Arsenal. We're not that kind of fan. I did try to leave them. Oh dear. Say that again, Tom. Say that again, yeah. I did try to get up and leave the Miller when Marcus Alonso was sent off against Bayern Munich. (laughs) Tom, I I do remember. I do remember. Uh, I believe that was a heat of the moment spur of anger. That's because I was. The thing is, Tom, you sat back down. I did. You sat back down, and we we all cried. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> but you sat back down, and we stayed until the end. And that's what I'm doing for Frank Lampard. I'm staying to the end, whether the end is next week, whether the end is in two years' time, whether the end is in fucking eighty years, where humans have become so advanced we can live until we're two hundred, and Frank Lampard looks like a wrinkled ball sack. I will stay with Frank Lampard until the very end. And I don't care if people call me deluded. I will stay with... It doesn't even have to be Frank Lampard. If our manager was fucking Jose Mourinho, I'd still stay with him until the end of his... Thank you. This is the point, yeah? I'm we sta- support Chelsea Football Club. The end. We want every single manager to succeed, no matter how shit it is. You know? Chelsea fans, I think, in general, are quite good at this. Jose Mourinho was one point off the relegation zone and we still sang the bastard's name every game, you know? There is so much passion. And, yeah, we were sad for this whole episode in the last hour, but the passion is still there. You still love the club. You still love the manager. I still want every single player to succeed. I don't like Jorginho, yeah? But, oh, my God, if he pulls out a masterclass, I'm so happy. None of this is personal. This is just, you just want to win. You just want to enjoy it. You want your football club to do well. Because as you said, OJ, you don't invest the time, the money, the scrolling, you know, the hours of podcasting just to just to give up. I want every single manager that comes into Chelsea Football Club to do the best that they can. And I may be thinking that time is running out for Lampard and I have my reasons, but I'm never going to... I'm never going to be Lampard out. I just want him to do as well as he can. Even if I think there's better people for the job. I, it, I'm never going to celebrate a loss or be sad that we won a game because it means that Lampard has to stay longer. That's never, ever the point. It's never the point. I think that's a good place to end. Mm-hmm. I agree. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Ciao.